You don't like chocolate either? I'm not a fan of chocolate either. I'm not. I hate that is so crazy. Isn't that wild? Actually, I like really dark, like dark, dark chocolate, but I'm not, I don't like brownies either. We are a rarity. We are a rarity. We are. All right, did we just become everyone's worst enemy? I'm so sorry. Welcome to the podcast. This is Amy Vallejo with Social Creative Conversations, your chocolate-hating friend. Sorry, guys. Hey, I am so excited that you're here. Thank you for tuning in. You are in for a real treat on this one, and I warn you in advance If you are hungry, do not listen to this episode because there is a lot of delicious food talk. Today, I am joined by my friend, Danny Baker with Hey Danny Bakes cooking blog. It's a food blog that actually after talking with her is so much more. I'm so glad that I got to talk with her and listen to a little bit more of her story. As we all know, this whole podcast is about the stuff that is behind the scenes, the stuff that makes up our entire story, not just what we do, but what we've done. And, you know, it's been really fun to talk to her about this sort of COVID creation that happened, although it wasn't because she's, it turns out she's been food blogging for years. It just has now really taken off. And it's a testament to hard work, the strategy methods we have to put in place to being true to your authentic self and just following your passion. When you listen to this episode, you'll hear how her food expertise runs deep all the way back to her grandmother. And just, you can hear the appreciation that she has for food and the appreciation from her childhood, learning from the teachers that she had. Even her husband is a teacher to her, despite the tasting notes he may or may not be giving to her. (laughs) We'll talk about the food rhythms that we get into, the decisions that we make when we're eating. And when I'm talking to Danny, she really explains her process in how she thinks about what she's going to be testing, putting out to her audience. And I love how it follows her own journey and her own food rhythms. And we've started something new. We have started a thing called post-process. Basically, the idea is I go back to someone's Instagram, find a post that I'm curious to know more about, and then I ask a question about it to get more thoughts a little more processing of the emotions and feelings that were behind the writing of the post. Today, we talk about a post that she did when Kamala Harris was elected vice president of the United States. We get to hear a little bit more of the emotions and thoughts she was feeling as she celebrated a woman and a woman of color taking her place in power. And let me just say, break in the glass ceilings. It's a great conversation, and it was just so moving moving for me to discuss that with her. But okay, I could keep going on how much I really loved this conversation. I'll just let you listen for yourself. If you need a snack while you're listening, I totally get it. There's a lot of delicious food talk. Teaser, she tells us what her two top ingredients are. And there's going to be a special announcement at the very end. I'm just saying she's been testing something specially for our audience. And it's exclusive to those who listen and write a comment on this particular episode. So get your snack and let's jump in. Thanks for being a part of this conversation. Do you have your audio joined? 
hear you now. Oh my gosh, hi. <laughs> hi, look at your cute hair. You always have cute hair. <laughs> always. Oh, well, you look angelic because the, you've got some sun rays coming in. I know. <laughs> Do you like where I am? Oh my God. I'm in a closet. Yeah. <laughs> I love you for that. <laughs> Actually, it's hilarious. My uh, my friends, they teach how to make cocktails and their um, little thing is called closet cocktails because they literally like started doing them in a closet because it was the only place they could get quiet anywhere. Ah. And so, they, yeah, so they started this thing called closet cocktails. It's funny, but perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you for budging on the time. It was hilarious. Um, this, is, this is the world that we're in right now. Like, Jake's working from home. The kids are at home. And then Jake's like, I'm going to jump on. He had a really important Zoom call. I didn't know it was a Zoom call. And I was like, oh, "Oh, crap. I can't get into the room because he's in our guest room right now, was in my Uh, office. It's just like everyone had to rearrange everything. For everything. For every reason. Yeah. Everyone's moved in all different places. So I was like, crap, I can't like army call into your, I tried, I actually tried to like go down, but then he, a lot of my stuff was in the closet behind him. Which oh my was gosh. In the background. I was like, well, I can't open that up while he's on no, the call. No way. I <laughs> love it. All right. Well, oh, and also I wanted to tell you, I looked back at some of your stuff and I did not even see this, but you did a blood orange poppy seed muffin, dairy free, dairy free, dairy free, gluten free. Whole it's like paleo. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna yeah. try that. Turn it. I'm yeah, so bummed that. I didn't see that. I did this whole like big thing on blood oranges. Oh, really? Yeah, and I wish I would have seen it. Wait, I, I feel like, like that, that was like right before the Valentine's Day thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, I made I like blood that. orange cocktails and like I was telling yep. everyone, go get your blood oranges. Darn it. That's okay. Maybe, uh, there's still blood oranges out there. Maybe I can yeah. See push that it's still citrus season well thanks for being honest i'm so excited i'm so excited to just share more of your story especially because (laughs) i saw your hashtag it was like you are the you are the ultimate covid creation your blog (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was like Like, that's amazing but it wasn't i mean it's when it actually came to fruition but this has been something that you have been inspired to do and trying to do and like and now it's kind of caught on which is awesome and it's doing so well it is it is yeah I don't you know I remember like back to I guess it was like 2011 when I was living in San Francisco yeah and I had this blog I don't even know like what it was called at the time to be honest but I remember that my first post was these like strawberry rhubarb crisps and like <laughs> looking at those pictures are so <laughs> the pictures are so bad and then my second post yeah was a working girl's birthday cake nice. <laughs> because you like use the box mix but you like elevate it yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, we know <laughs> we know why that vlog didn't work oh out. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. And you know, I didn't ever, I never really had like direction, or never really knew like what I wanted to do or why. Really, I was like, oh, I just like to cook, and maybe other people like to see me cook. I don't know. Yeah. And it was 
back in the day, like Instagram was not an ad machine at the time. It wasn't a promotion place. It was like where you like showcased your life to your closest friends. And right. so I just like was always nervous. Like, do my friends want to see me cooking? Like I'm, I'm sure they don't. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to put anything on Instagram here. Yeah. And then when I moved to Seattle, I tried to start another food blog called Simply Simply Scrumptious Seattle, where I made this like amazing strawberry cake from scratch, but in a square pan, like what? And I didn't know how to frost. And it was like always came out soggy because I would always forget to measure the strawberry sauce. And like, anyway, all the things. Yeah. And I like, but I, again, I didn't have like a direction. Like it was like, what am I, (laughs) what am I doing and why? Yeah, And then I tried to start Pack Northwest Bakers, which is when I met you. Yes. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to do food. I'm going to try to do local lifestyle. Yes. Again, had no direction. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. I mean, that was actually like, I think Pack Northwest Baker and then local Seattle, which yeah. I also tried to do. Right. <laughs> I think those were a little bit more like focused, but they still <laughs> obviously didn't work out. <laughs> And then here we go with Hey Danny Bakes. And I don't know what happened. I really wish I knew more about what happened. I think it was like we were quarantining. I was cooking all the time because I had to be home. And I was just doing it on Instagram. And I had some friends reach out saying like, oh my gosh, your cooking videos get me through my quarantine day. Like I love seeing what you're making. I love all this stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, people like enjoy this. Like I I'm so unrefined. I'm so raw. Like on my Instagram videos, I'm like very like take me as I am. Mm -hmm. And people really enjoyed that. And I just was really surprised. So my friend Daniela, who you met actually at that event, she was Mm -hmm. like, you need to do a blog. Like you just need to do it. And I did. And we did a little COVID friendly launch party and got some good pictures. And like, now here we are. (laughs) That's amazing. And you know, when you're talking about the beginning of beginnings of Instagram and it's like, well, do people really want to see me posting my pictures about me baking or cooking or whatever that is now what you are doing. And it turns out people do. People yeah. don't see it. And also is, you're just seeing you and you're just putting your personality out there. And you, yeah. I think you have to have sort of a, I'm just going to put this out there and whoever sees it, sees it. And whoever doesn't want to see it can click through to the next thing and not even pay yeah. any, any mind to it. And I'm doing this for me. And there you go. Yeah. And it's resonating, which is, it great. is. Yeah. You have to have that mindset, which I have now more than I did, but I struggle with being that like authentic person who did not care, mm-hmm. you know, nine months ago, mm-hmm. just randomly cooking at night to the being like the curated blogger that I'm like, curated blogger that I'm like trying to be. Mm-hmm. It's like hard because I never want to lose like my personality or who I am. And so I I feel like I should just get back on Instagram and start cooking my dinner on Instagram again. (laughs) They haven't done that in a really long time. Well, I think now, I I think it really works now too, because people are in the kitchen. And when I want to tune in, I tune in. If it resonates with me, I'm like, oh, cool. I kind of want to see. And I also like, 
um, that when you are cooking in your kitchen, it is not curated. And so you yeah. are truly getting real life. You know, maybe your husband's coming into the background and he's like, you know, whatever, <laughs> because <laughs> hey, guess what? That looks like what my house looks like. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it draws you in. And through that, you're establishing a relationship through the, you know, virtually. And that's yeah. what makes me want to kind of come back for your personality and also your food. Yeah. Your pictures tell the story and then your recipes yeah. tell the story when people are making it. It's like, oh, freaking delicious yeah. food. And it looks amazing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, um, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to have all of it. Like there's so many pieces to the puzzle and it's like you have to have the, the pictures to captivate people on your feed. Mm-hmm. You have to be yourself and have, you know, you can't like change your personality for Instagram, like no matter what, mm-hmm. like if you have people that don't like you, it's like, bye. Um, and then you have to have like content that, you know, is like realistic. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, or at least that's how I've approached it. Yeah. And you have to be willing to network on Instagram. Like if you really are trying to grow something. And I think that's also like a challenge because it's so much energy. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to get back to the beginnings. Okay. And then we'll start. I want to get back to the, I want to know the Danny before this. Yes. (laughs) Um, so we talked, we talked a little bit about how I met you, but you, and I've touched on this on Instagram a little bit, but I love the story in the sense that I have developed a relationship now with you over a couple of years because you came to our holiday workshop and spent the whole day with us, which was amazing. And really what I noticed is number one, it's interesting because um, there's a lot of people who are really uh, it's a barrier coming without somebody is really a barrier. And so to me that stood out that it was like you came and you didn't necessarily like come with a group of people or whatever. And you were like, I'm in all day and I'm in for fun. And this is going to be so great. And you ended up actually making several connections, one with me, but so many other people. And that for me, like tells the beautiful story of the closing of the circle where you meet people, relationships are established and those connections are able to flourish over the years, you know? And so that's how we met. And then Mm -hmm. after that, we sat down, you know, and I didn't know about all your previous blog (laughs) experience, but that was when you, you know, we sat down at, what was it, Mr. West? Yeah, I think um, downtown, yeah. Yeah, downtown. Mm -hmm. Um, And... We favorite spot. About, yes, your favorite. <laughs> I know it's so cute in there. But that was when you had, or you were sort of jump starting uh, mm-hmm. local Seattle, right? Local, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you were like that was established sort of in a way to highlight yeah. small yeah. businesses and mm-hmm. you know all that kind of stuff. And then, and by the way, you're an accountant, right? Through all this, so you have a full time job, and these I are all. These are little seedlings of 
I have an idea. I have an inspiration. Yeah. I'm inspired. I want to do this. <laughs> and, Little passion project. Right. And they kind of take off. But I'm I'm curious for you. Well, actually, I'll ask this. I'll ask this in a second. I now knowing a little bit more up to that point, I'd love mm-hmm. for you to sort of give us a little, a brief bio of you. Okay. I did a little bit of, I didn't know that you had lived in Korea. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of incredible. So tell me a little bit about your childhood back then. Mm-hmm. And now you're living in Seattle and kind of take me all the way on that bio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I was born at Fort Lewis. Yeah. Um, military base down south. My mom was in the military. And then I think like just a couple months after I was born, she was stationed in Korea and she could have gone for one year, but then she would have had to leave me and like the fam. Yeah. So she brought us and we were there for two. And so my first words were actually Korean. I, I mean, I can't speak it now, That's but crazy. you know, I was learning to speak in Korea. So my first yeah. words were Korean. My favorite food until I realized that I would, you know, be 300 pounds if I ate it every day was rice because that's just like all we ate. Also in the South, a lot of rice is being eaten down South and my roots come from there. So um, we moved back here. I lived, you know, in the South Seattle Tacoma area until I went to college in Portland where I graduated um, with a double major, double minor. So I have a major in accounting and finance, and I have a minor in political science and math. And I know, uh, I, know. I love numbers. Yeah, I found my kids as new tutor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I used to tutor. I actually tutored all through college. That's like how I paid my bills. I tutored oh, the Yeah, and then I moved to San Francisco and started my job with. PWC in the San Francisco office in 2011. And then Jesse and I, we got engaged in 2013 and we got married in 2014. And then we moved back up here to Seattle. Um, I met him my, the last day of school of my junior year of college. Um, I went to a bar and I met him at a bar. I like, couldn't get into this bar, go figure. And he could. (laughs) And so he brought me and some of my friends in and then I, I don't even know. Like the rest is literally history. <laughs> well, you guys ended up together, which is we a did. Great, it's a great I met in a bar story. I you know. It's, <laughs> and I was the, I was sober. Like I was the designated driver that night. Oh my so, goodness. Yeah, he was not. Yes, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, and so then I moved back to Seattle and transferred up here with PwC. So I still work for them, and you know. Throughout all of it, like even in college, it was like I was the kid who had a full set of pots like in our college house. And people were like, what do you need all these pots for? And I was like, no, you need all these pots because this pot is for sauteing and this one's for frying and this is to boil your pasta. And this is a simmer sauce simmer pot. And they were like, you're nuts. And I would like have these cake parties where I would invite people over and I would make cake. And then we would all eat cake and drink or whatever but did it come from your mom like who was the yeah girl? who was the baby yeah like, why did you yeah have so, the right thoughts? I mean and it's wild because my last name is Baker and right. that was literally fate like the some something made sure that that's how I ended up yeah. here um but so my grandma on my mom's side Edith Verdun Spain like really? such a badass she 
was a food science major at Xavier University in New Orleans. And so she knew all the things. And I grew up cooking with her and baking with her and like my mom too. My mom and my grandma were like so close and my mom learned so much of what she knows from my grandma. And, you know, my grandpa always had a garden and tomatoes and fresh vegetables that he tended to. And my mom just, you know, imparted all of that down into me and my sister. And we like cooking just was what we did. Everything happened around the table, like, and food, every big event, every sad event, everything. It was like food. And we have like these set menus for every holiday. And it's been like that my entire life. It's just so great. So so I I like I remember in high school we would come back to my house sometimes after school and we would test apple crisp recipes and then we like nailed it one day and I like can still remember what that apple crisp tasted like it was so good mm. I cannot remember for the life of me what that recipe was so I am going to try to have to recreate that but yeah so like just like oh yeah I'm just thinking about how incredible that is that moment when taste is connected to memory, right? Yes. It's like, you cannot remember the details of that, but oh my gosh, you will never forget that sensation, that day, like how it just tasted. And you'll never have another one exactly like that. You'll never experience that taste ever again because it was just magic. And like, I can see it. It was like me and my friend, Alicia and her younger sister, Marina, we were all at my house and we were just like making apple crisps. It was in the springtime in that like, kind of like today where it's like, the sun's low, but it's not rainy. I can see it like in my, I like remember it and I cannot remember the recipe. <laughs> like I don't know where we got it from, how we did it. I don't know. I just remember it was buttery and it was delicious. Yeah, yeah. Oh okay. my gosh. Um, so it's just kind of always been there for mm-hmm. like with me, you know, creating food and, and testing things out and wanting to basically make food that I would enjoy eating mm-hmm. all the time. Like I won't make something that I don't like. Um, and I will never put anything out there in the universe that I don't fully stand behind. Cause I think that's stupid, but, yeah. um, and then to throw like another weird t- twist of fate out there. So Jesse, my husband, he went to the Cornell hotel school. Mm. He had to take like a culinary class in college, but in high school, he took all these home ec classes. So he's like the best sous chef. If I can actually get him to help me, yeah, he can chop an onion like you see on Julie and Julia. Oh, like my it word. is so he's so good. He knows how to make like the perfect omelet. He he can do all this stuff. He was like a short order cook in high school and like worked in his mom's restaurant, like all this stuff. I can't do, I like can't. He chops every onion I put in my recipes. Everyone. Oh, because I, word. I'm like not into that. I yeah. don't like how he can cry. Yeah. Like his mincing skills, I can't. He's oh, so Oh my gosh. I'm I was so going to say before, I was like, he kind of married up, but you guys both married up. <laughs> I know. He, <laughs> because he is to you he what you need. Yeah. <laughs> like that's amazing. And you basically have two taste testers in your family, which is kind yeah. of incredible. I know. Although he's the worst taste tester because everything I make is, oh my God, it's so good. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, is it too salty? Can I get a tasting note here or there? He's like, no, babe, it's the best ever. I'm just like, oh my God, you're so annoying. I can't. 
<laughs> my sister will give me honest feedback, which I love. Yeah. And so will my dad will tell me if something is absolutely disgusting and he will have no problem saying it. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that. I love that. Right. So, and then like on his side, you know, my grandma on his side is an amazing cook. She doesn't write anything down. She doesn't have a recipe for anything, but I mean, she cooks like these whole red snappers and that are just like head and ever tail, everything like to die for. My dad was born in Haiti. So they're all from Haiti. They live here now, but the cuisine is just so different than anything, you know, we grow up eating in America. Yeah. And so it's always a very just like enjoyable experience to eat her food. And mm -hmm. I have been trying to, every time I go down there, I'm like, Hey, like, so what did you do for this recipe? <laughs> like, right. You want to just help me out? And she's just like, well, I don't measure anything. I don't know. I'm like, I know grandma, but yeah. <laughs> please, <laughs> please help me. Oh my gosh. Those yeah. are such, those are going to be like, those are the, just the special times in the kitchen too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially for the cooks who cook by taste and don't measure mm -hmm. anything. You just want to glean everything. Yeah. yeah. And I really had to change my cooking style for the blog because I don't ever measure anything. It's like, right. what does it smell like? What does it feel like? What does it taste like? What does it sound like? What does it look like? Mm -hmm. And that's got to be the hardest process for me when writing my recipes is I'm like, at, especially at the beginning, I was like, I have no idea how I made this. Like take some sausage, throw it in the pan, like, boom, right. now you have this awesome Italian sausage sandwich. It's like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> so I, I have to keep a notebook. I keep a notebook by the stove and a pen so that every time I'm in the kitchen cooking, it's like, oh my God, I just put a cup of whatever in this, write that down. Yeah. Oh, I just set the oven at 350 degrees. Write that down. Did you start doing the whole 30 thing out of an initiative? Did you have some New Year's oh. resolutions? <laughs> you know, like the clean eating whole yeah. Was that requested by people who had sent in? Like, how did you start doing those recipes? Well, I did Whole30 for the first time about three years ago mm. and and I loved it. But I think the biggest barrier to entry with any of those things is like making sure that you don't miss eating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so every year I try to do like one Whole30 reset. It's not always in January because my birthday's in January. And sometimes it's not even 30 days. Like sometimes it's just two weeks. Maybe it's only five days, whatever. But I like to have those recipes ready and available. Well, in December, I did post a few question boxes on my Insta. Like, what do you guys want to see on the blog in January and in the new year? I feel like January is like the healthy month for a lot of people. And then trying to take the suggestions that people had um, given to me and making them as healthy as possible. And so that it's, you know, you got to give people incentive to want to try your recipes. Right. So. Yeah. Well, I love it because, you know, like so many people have food intolerances right now, right? Yes. And I am eating gluten-free and as much as possible dairy-free. And anytime I go on like a blog, I'm like, you know, I type in a C or what do I want to eat? And we, we eat differently at different times. My husband's yep. birthday is in January. So we always start eating clean or doing our dryuary after yeah, like after January that. 6th. <laughs> I'm oh like, God, I'm starting. Wait, he's January 6th. I'm yeah. January 4th. Nice. 
Double yeah. birthday. Double birthday. I know. I love that. One year, we'll have to do it. Exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. You're right. Like so many people have different dietary restrictions or not even, I don't even like to say that word, like different dietary goals, I guess you could say. Like I really do try to make sure that what's on the blog supports a wide variety of people. But I also understand the people that are like, I'm a full fat, full butter, full cream, full sugar person. And I want to make sure that that's on there too. So it's really just about like having everything there that would invite someone to make my food. Because I mean, there are those people who have food allergies or reasons that they cannot and should not and cannot. But for instance, for me, I I don't see a table for an occasion dinner without bread. And I'm not talking gluten-free bread, which is what I am eating like right now. I'm talking rip apart sea wolf, like just (laughs) slathered with butter. And so yes, all of it. I want all of it. And all I'm not hinting on any of it. It's all just like, yeah. <laughs> so people eat both ways. We right. make exceptions. There's always a, an occasion meal or an occasion something, you know, mm-hmm. it's like doing dry dryuary and then no, 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 yeah. no. I, I, I can't imagine my red meat without my glass of wine, red wine. It's moderation. It's honestly, it's like everything in moderation. And that's the approach that I have on Hey Danny Bakes, right? It's like, I might have an entire month where everything is gut-wrenchingly heavy, but like, then I might go into like seven different ways you could make a smoothie bowl. Like we just, we don't know. I don't know (laughs) what can happen, (laughs) but like, I just, I'm really trying to appeal to the masses, but, but that's also how I live. You know, I recently tried to stop drinking alcohol during the week. We'll see how long that goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that goes. Um, hence my like green, <laughs> nasty like green juice right here. I, there was a really long stretch of my life where I would refuse to have pasta in the house Yeah, because if it was in the house, I would make it every night. Absolutely. And so I way. feel yeah. like there was like, there was, it was recent too, where it was like nine months went by and I was like, oh my God, I haven't had pasta in nine months. Then I was like, okay, we need to bring pasta back. You know, so it just like depends what is on Hey Danny Bakes is exactly what I'm doing. It's how I'm living. It's what I'm eating. It is a hundred percent authentically me. As a person <laughs> who's going to that, then that makes me feel your personality. And it brings mm-hmm. me into your life. That's really cool. Exactly. I was talking about, well, we were relating it to Instagram on how what I end up putting on Instagram is literally how, what's going on in my life at that very time. Opening up my journal and there you have it. Oh, Amy's yeah. sad today or whatever. Yeah. What is coming out. And that is, it's it's real life live put out yes. to others. Because I I think that is the, that is the authentic way of living. (laughs) It's like, no, if I'm sad, I'm sad. And you'll know it if I'm, and, and, or no, when I'm having a pasta craving, you're going to know about it. Cause I'm going to be pasta like, Exactly. It's following your journey, which I yeah. love. It is literally yeah. following your journey. Okay. So I want to go back to your journey. So mm-hmm. I want to go back to there's the before times and there's the after times. Let's talk about <laughs> the before times. Let's talk about okay. like right before the way Danny bakes, like you hashtagged it a COVID creation. What was the go button for you? Because you've had all these other experiences that you got really excited about and then kind of fizzled. Maybe take me 
to that week where idea starts to like percolate and then you're like, nope, I'm doing it. I'm hitting the go button. And then you just take off. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I should like remember what my first post is, but how sad is that? Like, I don't even remember. So the go button, it was in June, Mm -hmm. June of 2020. Of course it was strawberry jam, dude. Ah! (laughs) I had, my cousin was in town visiting, you know, we were like kind of stuck inside a little bit, (laughs) a lot of it. And (laughs) I was just like cooking a lot. And she was like, are you writing your recipes down? And I was like, no. And she was like, but you should write these down. And then maybe you could start a blog. And I was like, Oh my God, I've done that so many times. It never works out. Like whatever. And then it was just coming from so many different places of like, well, why don't you have a blog? Oh my gosh, you should start a blog. Then the, you know, 450 people that followed me on Instagram were like, do you have a blog? Can I get this recipe? All of a sudden it was just this overwhelming space for me to write my recipes down. And I was like, okay, like how should I do that? Should I just post them in my stories? What should I do? I guess if I'm going to have start posting pictures of my food, I should have a website for them to go to, to find the <laughs> recipe. And I was playing around with the websites and they, it was like going so well. And then I, I think it was like middle of July when we finally, like we, I say we, because I feel like this was a collective effort of like supporting me and like lifting me up and pushing me along for this. And we were like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to launch the blog. And I even posted on my Instagram, like if I were to start a a blog, what would it be called? And there was a few different things that people were saying, like there was a lot of like iterations of like Danny and Baker, like your last name's Baker. How do we play off of that? Right. And Daniela was the one from the very beginning. She was like, well, you have to call your blog Danny Bake. And I was like, duh, like, of course I do. Like so much can build from that. Right. I have, yeah. Danny drinks, Danny cooks, Danny lives, Danny travels. Yes. Danny works. I don't know. There's just because it's like, it's what Danny does. I, it's like creating a brand out of my lifestyle, I guess. Oh my gosh. I've never said that before in my life, but I guess that's where we're going with this. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and so, so then I tried to reserve Danny Bakes on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And this is the funniest story because there is, first of all, I spell my name funny, right? It's D-A-N-I-E. There's an E on there. That's a whole nother story. So I'm like, I'm like, who is this person that has the web domain of Danny Bakes with an IE, the Instagram handle, everything. I was like, I thought I was the only one. Like, who am I? So I looked this chick up. She's out of Atlanta. She's gorgeous. She is an African-American baker out of Atlanta who is literally like, okay, so we should team up because we have the same name. She's like your doppelganger. That's so crazy. Like like we're literally doppelgangers. And I didn't say she was gorgeous just just to say that I was gorgeous too but like we just look very similar like so so then I was like you guys I can't use Danny Bay because it's taken what's the next step and Daniela was like hey Danny Banks and I was like oh my gosh we're here we're doing this it is hey Danny I hope that was over like a glass of rosé because that's just like that's how all brilliant ideas come about. Hey, Danny Bates! (laughs) Hey, Danny Bates! Definitely it was over drinking. So (laughs) 
And then we just started getting planning on the launch party. I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do it this time, I'm going to do it right. I like Mm. bought a cute rifle paper company calendar and like started content planning and like all this stuff. I have my friend who actually, she's kind of the catalyst into how I found out about social creative, but she's a photographer, Katie Para. Yeah. Yeah. She's Mm -hmm. like the most chef's kiss of a person, but she, I was like, I need you to take these pictures of me, like baking in my kitchen for my blog. And like, we're having this launch party. Will you come and take pictures of it? And she was like, absolutely. So we like did this whole thing. It was like very small, obviously because of COVID. And that I think was the icing on the cake, Mm. having pictures done, having like a style and a creative content and not just like one day waking up and being like, I'm going to start a blog. Let me post a picture. It was two months that I was working on it, testing recipes. I had 20 blog posts ready to go before I even launched anything. And it was like having Katie, I think was so major because her pictures are beautiful. And I get so many compliments on those pictures. And you know, those are the usually the pictures where people want to reach out. And so I just that was like so important. And then my support group, my friends, my community of people that I had, you know, you like all these people who were rallying for me and they were egging me on, cheering me on. And then it was an accountability factor. I was like, well, I can't, I just like did this. Like, I can't let these people down. I can't start this and then not see it through. Right. And we can't talk about it, but some cool things came out of it. And so (laughs) I'm just like, I don't know. I wish I could put a, a finger on what it was, but it just felt right this time from the very, very beginning day one, when we just, when I, I say we, because it was so collective when I decided that I was going to basically start a second full-time job. <laughs> mm, I love that. And interesting. So some of the takeaways I'm just even getting is absolutely, it's funny how we, we say we, right? Because mm-hmm. any solopreneurship, there is people behind you, like rallying you on. Absolutely. It is impossible to do it without the team of encouragers and cheerleaders yep. behind you who are helping you on that with that momentum. Also, like one of my questions that I wanted to ask you was just about the strategy that gave you the confidence to take off. And Mm -hmm. I think just knowing your strategy of I had all these things in place. I was mm-hmm. really going to do it because of all of the, you know, the people surrounding you. It was like you had the accountability factor. Mm-hmm. You had the momentum that got you on the train yeah. and with the pictures. It's interesting because you had to have a, you know, as creatives, we have, we, you're more than just food. You have a creative mind to yeah. say, here's how I want those pictures to look. Exactly. Here's what, I'm wear. Here's what I want in the background. Here's how I want it styled. All of those. Yep things come into play, which, you know, when you see something on a screen or your blog or whatever, there is so much preparation that happens in advance of that with so many, we're drawing from so many creative places to get to that one place. So I can just see like the strategy, even in the photography dialed in. Exactly. Well, and like I, so I take all the pictures of my food and which have, are un- incredible, <laughs> by the way. They're so like it's like wild. So Katie does. If if ever there's a picture of me mm-hmm. on the blog, like me as a human, Katie likely has taken that picture because I, I love her style and I like refuse to use anyone else. But the food is all me, and my first pictures were just with my phone. 
Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is great. My phone in Lightroom, which is like, I can't believe that you can use Lightroom for free, which is like mind blowing. Yeah. And then I finally got a camera and like Katie has to teach me how to like use my camera because I <laughs> don't know how yeah. I'll, I'll send her pictures and be like, um, why is this all blurry? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't want the chicken to be blurry. I just want the lemon to be blurry. She's like, girl, I cannot with you. So (laughs) that's the other thing that has been like such a learning process. I got to make sure my pictures are top notch because look at all the competition out there. And it's like, what's going to catch people's eye. Right. Well, I was just earlier this week, I caught a little webinar on food photography, but they were saying it, which is true. We eat with our eyes. Mm -hmm. I mean, even when I'm, whether it's photography or in person, before I have even eaten something on my plate, you're looking at it. Exactly. if it's not appealing, it's Mm -hmm. like, mm, you know, it's like part of that creative process. I want to see something that's beautifully plated. Now, don't get me wrong. I am the first to eat out of a giant bag of crumpled up Doritos. That's also beautiful to me. Yes. <laughs> but we eat with our eyes. Like, yeah. And so your photo, I just, after taking that class, all of those things, I was like, oh, your photography is so good. So good. Yeah. So I might have to learn from you. You learn from oh me. God, I'll yeah. learn from you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a labor of love. I, but now I like love taking pictures mm-hmm. and, and I'm trying to kind of, you know, I think I had talked to you about this, like branch out into the local community a bit because that's always been a calling for me is supporting and promoting small businesses and doing things like that. So using all these skills that I've learned from my blog to just, you know, elevate everyone around me that's also supporting me. Yeah. Well, let's see. What time is it? Oh my gosh. I know. I'm sorry. We just, we just chat. Oh no, I I love it. That's actually how I, what I want. The stories that just come out yeah or the best stories because yeah. then you're just freely talking and you're just sharing and that's, that's I know how I, I learned yeah you are now a year in mm-hmm. what is it teaching you right now because you've now gone through the like hard beginning process yeah. you have gone through like you you've ramped up you have now mm-hmm. gathered eyes and an audience who are following you so what do you think it's teaching you right now I think patience Every blog post that I make takes between eight to 15 hours to curate, Hmm. which is insane. And I never knew it was going to take that much time. So I just have to be patient with the process. I have to be, be patient with every single thing that I do during the process. And sometimes I'm like running around trying to like, you know, squeeze a shoot in here while the light is really good or whatever. And then it's so stressful and it just like throws me off. And I just, I think like, I just need to slow down and like, just be so thankful of like where I have, you know, how far I've come. And there's such an element of like, oh, I need to keep growing, which I do. And I never want to stop growing, but I'm, it's like that instant gratification of like, I got to get to 10,000 followers. And it's like patience with respect to that, I think is just because, I mean, things just change on Instagram when you have 10,000 followers and every 
all of your content is more accessible to your followers when you have more followers, which I think is super dumb, but that's just, that's the game. Like we were talking about that we have to play. And so just like taking a deep breath and looking at, okay, I started out with 450 and now I'm in the four thousands and that's really awesome growth, but I don't oftentimes think that of myself. And I'm like, I have to try and do all these things and be the best at everything so that I can like get to this point by tomorrow. (laughs) It's like, no, that's not going to happen. And just keep doing me, stay authentic to myself. If it doesn't work out, it's fine. No one's going to be mad if I like post on a Friday instead of a Thursday. I just have to be patient, deep breath. Mm -hmm. So yeah. One of the, I don't know if this is the exact same, but it's definitely like the the I just posted today on like being still being okay what are we learning from this year you just spoke to your business but also like Mm -hmm. what did life teach you from this year and when I speak to what my life is teaching me through this year and it also relates to my business is Mm -hmm. it's okay to be still Mm -hmm. it's okay be consistent but if you don't get to 10,000 followers by this milestone it's okay because guess what you're still doing it and you're still learning you're still learning a ton and it was funny you know like me starting this podcast yeah which is amazing. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people were saying, just do it, be consistent with it and have Mm -hmm. no other real goals other than learning for the first year. Yep. Hone your craft, do it well. I think oftentimes we create such lofty goals and I don't, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying it's not, I think we should have goals. Yeah. I think also we, I, most of us, but they should be realistic. (laughs) And we also put so much pressure on ourselves that for me, when things aren't clicking along as at the rate mm-hmm. that I am, like, why is that? So why do I wrestle with just resting? Yes. Why do I wrestle with just sitting quietly and learning from what happened last week or the week mm-hmm. before or planning out what's gonna happen? Things yep. don't always have to click along at as fast of a rate as they do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. What do you think that this pandemic or like life taught you this year or something that you gleaned you you don't want to lose? I always knew that food brought me joy. I did not realize that how much joy it brought me. You know, there are things that you do in your life where you're like tired and you're like, oh my God, I don't want to have to do this. You know, maybe that's our day jobs or even sometimes our hobbies, but wow, food, creating, sharing food with Mm -hmm. people, watching people eat your food, even if like, they don't even really like it. It's like, oh, but I provided this thing to you. Right. That's amazing. I don't know. Like I just, 2020 for me was like the year of food and, and not because of, Hey, Danny bakes. It really started out with the fact that I was home all the time. So I was cooking all of my own meals, something I've never done. Like I've never cooked breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day for almost a year. Like, and I, I mean, I, now I don't, but you know, in March we like couldn't leave our houses. Right. And so I did that for like two months and it was like the best Alicia. I, Oh, I loved it so much. Like it was so great. And I guess it's like joy can be right in front of you. Like you don't have to fly to Thailand or, you know, do all these crazy big things. You can create that level of joy on your own, in your own home. And I learned that this year. 
And I'm so thankful that I did because now I don't have this like super go, go, go personality for myself where I feel like, oh, I have to be at every happy hour. I have to be traveling the world nine months out of the year. I I have to get to these restaurants. Like I have to do these things. It's like, wait, but I can create these really awesome experiences in my own kitchen for my own friends, my own family. That is the ultimate food is so connected with communion Mm -hmm. and community. Yes. Whether it's at a table, whether it's one person or like one other person with you in intimate conversation over that amazing bread and butter. Yes. Or you're at a restaurant enjoying a, you know, a meal with other people or whatever. Like we really on Saturday this year was like experiencing the joy of food communion and community in a new way whole new way experience zoom dinner parties and happy hours and social distance picnics and but all still so fun and so great yes there's like a really cool thing that also came where we were able to experience that food experience in a totally different way then yeah. we wouldn't have never been forced to investigate. I see. And I think people have just been like a little more down to get out of their comfort zones since yes. they're so you know stuck. Yes. And one of the first things I made was challah bread and did a whole step-by-step on the, on my Insta story. And I had three people that made it and they were like, I've never baked bread before. But they were like, I'm home. I happen to have yeast, which was a very hot commodity at the time. Why not do this? And I was like, oh my God, brilliant. So, you know, it's just like all of those things. People were like looking to do something different. And doesn't that just make your heart sing when you're like, oh my gosh, you made my bread? That's amazing. I get so excited when people make oh, my recipes and yes. when I get to see it on, you know, whether they tag me or just like send me a photo in the DMs, which happens all the time. And I just love that. And then I'm always like, do you have any tasting notes? Were the instructions clear? Like, does it taste like I said it would? Should I take it down? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me what my husband would tell me. Tell me. What I know. Don't just it. tell me it tastes good. That is not real life. that's amazing okay so one of the things i'm starting is it's an ig post process so i go back to something that you've posted on instagram okay and i ask you a question about it and so uh like i want to know more okay so i went back to one of your posts and it was the post when uh kamala harris was elected VP and you said, I'm trying to embrace every emotion and thought that went through my mind as I watched someone who looks like me take the oath to become the vice president of the United States of America. And I would like to know, can you tell me some of the thoughts, emotions, conversations that happened in your own home, in your own mind? As a woman of color, like, what did you feel? Well, I mean, I feel like everyone can agree that regardless of who won, that election took forever. Yes. So there was this relief mostly of like, okay, now we can be done with, you know, just this period in time. But wow. Okay. First of all, a woman VP, which Mm -hmm. is just so incredible because women are just so underappreciated, under acknowledged, undervalued. 
Mm -hmm. I personally think. Mm -hmm. And so that was huge. The fact that a woman was able to get there and to do it in a way that I just thought was very like elegant and classy. classy, And I just really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. So then the next thing that I was obviously very excited about was not only was she a woman, but she was a woman of color. And I know for me that growing up, I never imagined that I could have done anything like that, but it doesn't start there and it doesn't stop there. Like I danced ballet for 18 years of my life. And I have to say I was pretty decent at it. Like I was actually good at it. And I look now at even that face where we've got Misty Copeland's of the world. And um, there's this amazing ballerina out of Germany and I can't pronounce her name. So I'm not even going to try, but like I stopped dancing ballet because I was told that there was no career in it for me. Unless you danced at dance theater of Harlem, which is a predominantly black ballet theater. Like you, you would never make it past. You would be lucky to make it in to the core. So I quit dancing, which is sad because like I said, I was a pretty good dancer. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, the only options that I have are to get a corporate job in corporate America. Not sure that women can start companies, you know, like I think when I was graduating from college was when, you know, lean in had just come out or it maybe it hadn't even come out yet. And that was the first situation that I had seen where there was a woman in C-suite that was open with her conversations. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't know you could do that. Like as a woman, like granted, and she's a white woman. So I was like, I definitely can't do that. Mm. And then just over time, all these things have been happening that have opened up these opportunities and, And these abilities for women of color to go further in their lives than just this stunted space of this is what happened before you. So this is all you can do. In my family, the women have been teachers or my mom is a doctor. And I didn't want to be a teacher and I didn't want to be a doctor. And so I was like, well, I guess I have to do corporate America. Like I I just didn't. And I, I wasn't as like mentally creative, I would say growing up, like, I just was like, I love numbers. Like I'm a math minor or whatever. I love numbers. And so I was like, okay, well, accounting makes sense. So, but to see Kamala Harris get to that place, it really truly just opened up ideas for other, for these young women of color, little girls of color, like high schoolers. It's this whole new I think push of like, oh, but I could do that. And I feel it at 32. I'm like, oh my God, she did it. My life, I I could do something bigger. I could do something different. Not saying that my job isn't meaningful, but like it really just made me think differently. And I mean, it was super emotional for my mom, especially my dad, you know, both of them living through the civil rights movement right. um, in the sixties, my in 70s, my dad living in Brooklyn at the time, um, my mom living in the South Side of Chicago, all of those things. It's like, they can't believe it. Even me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe I'm and it's 2021. Like, why is it that I can't believe that? Mm -hmm. So, you know, all of these things are going through my mind. And I'm just so like proud of that of her and of that, of the act, the fact that it's happened and that door is now open. And so the, a lot of what was moving along 
or, you know, through social media is this is the last day that a woman has never been vice president. A black woman has never been vice president. Like it'll never happen again because it's happened now. So yeah, I mean, a a lot of things, a lot of things in my mind and, and really just making sure to elevate the black women and men around me, like embracing them, shopping at their stores, sharing their stories, whatever. It's like so much of our culture is geared toward pretty blonde white girl, which I love the pretty blonde white girl trust. I love her. I'm not mad at her, but also like, what about the pretty black girl or the handsome black guy or whatever, or the beautiful Asian girl or whatever it's, I just think that all of this has opened up this. It's like we had a mask lifted from our eyes where we're like, Oh, that color is really pretty. And that color doesn't diminish or change anything that she's able to do. Let's embrace it. Yeah. So Thank many things. You. Sorry. That was yeah, like, I, no, I love was that. Not prepared for that. So I kind of no. went a little, no, I love that. Don't apologize. I love all of your words. And when you said the door is open, I just, I just am thinking there's glass on the floor because the glass ceiling has been mm-hmm. shattered. Absolutely. It is gone. Absolutely. Like that, her getting into that position, it broke all the glass, all the glass. And it's just incredible. So yeah. yeah. Thank you for yeah. sharing. Thank you. For oh my gosh. Of course. About that post. Yeah. I love, I love talking about it. I mean, it's, it's a pretty polarizing topic, which is unfortunate, mm-hmm. but um, I'm very open to everyone's perspectives on it all the time. Like I will never shut anyone down. Like you could be racist and talk to me. Like, honestly, like I just like to hear why people think the way they think. Yeah. And just so that I can understand it because, you know, you don't know what anyone's ever gone through. I'm not saying that racism is okay by any means, right. obviously, but like, it's like, I want to be that person where if you are, want to meet someone, if you're like, I just want to meet a black person. It's like, come meet me, dude. Like I'm ready. Let's talk. Let's hang out because I just want there to be peace and love. Like I really do. I want to extend my arm or my hand to the other side of the aisle. And like, I just, that's all I want. Yeah. All the time. I love talking about it. So I appreciate that, especially because right now there is a lot of unlearning, relearning. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of education that's happening. Like, yeah. For me, yeah. Like, so many people. For and me so, even. Yeah. Like for all of us, I yeah. think for all of us. And yeah. So I think just like having your attitude of open lines of conversation and communication because we all come from different places, backgrounds, things that we grew up in that are like, got to unlearn that. And I, you know, and just the richness that can come from real true conversation, hearing people's story, engaging them, finding out more about each individual, you know, um, not casting judgment. So I thank you. Thank you for everyone just deserves a little bit of grace. Yeah. I mean, there are some things that people do where I'm like, right. I don't know, but I try to, I try to give graces as, as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Now, if you have tapped out my grace, that means yeah. you are something's <laughs> wrong with you. I want to be around you and you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't tap out my grace. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing some yes. of your journey and just about you. I'm not going to let you go without doing a question from the mystery jar. Oh. 
you'll either get one written by me or by one of my children's. Oh, yes. Oh my God. So I just draw one and we'll see what you get. It could be something okay. really weird about <laughs> body functions and it could be, <laughs> be something like the same. Where did you live at age 10 and what was it like? This was this is such a good question. Oh, by your 11 year old. Thanks, yeah. Ollie. I lived in Lakewood, Washington. At 10 years old on this street <laughs> that was surrounded by these really, really tall trees. And 10, what year was that? That was 99. I think it was that winter right before I turned 10 that we had that huge snowstorm where like all the power went out yeah. for like two weeks and oh, like all yeah. these trees were falling down. Yeah. And I I wrote this story <laughs> about it called Blackout with a friend of mine. <laughs> Um, her car was out and she just found it the other day, which is oh wild. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was just 10 years old. 10 was good. I mean, I danced ballet probably three or four days a week. I went to school at St. Francis Cabrini. I must have been in 10th and um, fifth grade. I really think ballet was the biggest. Nothing to complain about 10. 10's yeah. a great year. Oh yeah. my goodness. That's amazing. Well, I feel like I learned so much about you. I did not know that you were about like a dancer. Oh my gosh. Yes. So many years. So long. It feels like a lifetime ago. All artists are like that. You draw from all the different yeah. places of artistry and creativity. So it makes sense that you were a dancer and now you're like into food. The whole numbers thing is like, I mean, that's cool. <laughs> I don't know what that is about. I don't know why I like love numbers so much. And I failed. It's funny because I failed seventh grade math, like oh failed God. it like F on my report card. Oh my yeah. gosh. And I think I got a D in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> So like, you know, you started from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so fun. So I actually really fast have one question that I got from yes! my followers, which I have to answer this question because it's so important to me. Um, yes. I asked about two and maybe I'll answer both, but I'll start yes, with this. answer both. One. Okay. Yes. So the first most important and favorite kitchen essential. I talk about this all the time. This is not sponsored in any way. It is literally just the truth. My KitchenAid stand mixer. Oh my gosh. I use it every day for everything. Every that's, day. That's pretty amazing because it's an investment and mm -hmm. it is prime real estate on your counter. Like yep. you, it's taken up a lot of room. They're not tiny. Yep. They're not small. It has been on the counter and everywhere we've lived, even when we lived in a 400 square foot apartment in Capitol Hill, it did not matter. Probably five or six years, I've used it almost every day. Okay, so then the second question that I thought was relevant was one food ingredient or whatever that I couldn't live without. So I have two because... I couldn't choose. Yes. I would say butter. Yes. Is the first salted butter. The things you can do with butter are. What's your favorite butter? Amazing. What's your favorite butter? Kerrygold. Yes. Kerrygold so salted good. butter. The saltiness is it's so, so like good. Oh yeah. It's like, I could just eat that. I would get sick, but I would <laughs> eat it. <laughs> and all of my recipes, I use salted butter. So if you see butter in there, yeah. it's salted butter. Good That's girl. why I'm I like you even more now. Right? Yes. <laughs> like my salt content is so low. Like in my recipes, like rarely do I ever use more than like a teaspoon of salt yeah. in anything. I mean, the second is honey. Oh, I, my, so my sister says that my signature ingredient is honey. 
So yeah, I'm like working on some cool things because I want to find a way to showcase that better. I use honey in place of sugar for everything almost. Um, I love it so much. And it's, it's so much better for you, especially if you're getting local organic honey, which Mm -hmm. everyone should like, we should stop. (laughs) We should stop buying the mass produced honey because it's it's not good for our environment. It's not good for those bees and it's not good for our small businesses. We should really be focusing on local honey. They're not adding sugar to it. Some of the honey that you buy at the grocery store has added sugar and then you're defeating the purpose. Raw local honey will actually is a natural remedy to actually combat allergies, like seasonal allergies. Yep. Just take like a teaspoon a day. If you put honey, cinnamon, and lemon into hot water and drink that after a meal, that's like a gut detox. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's like, I, and I'm not even like a, like a supernatural path or anything. I do try to keep things as natural as possible, but like honey is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And it makes everything taste so good. It is. It is so good. The last few years, Jake and I have started just trying to eat more whole foods. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. we do honey instead of sugar or baking Mm -hmm. with honey instead of sugar and that kind of thing. Trying to put into practice more. Yeah. And so we have used, started using a lot more honey, which has caused us to start getting better honey, honey from local farmers. We're in Washington, like, I mean, all over, but we've got really good honey, so many good ones. Mm -hmm. And I, my favorite is Bee Kings out Mm. of, I think they're actually out of like Lakewood or Puyallup or something, Mm. but I, their honey is so good. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. And they make this like whipped cinnamon honey that is just like oh my to gosh. die for. So those are my two butter, salted butter, and, and honey. honey. I yes. love it. Swear by it. Now everyone's going to go out and buy butter and honey. Oh, you know, I what know. fennel honey butter. We got two of the ingredients right there. Add the other one and you're good to go. Oh my gosh, I love that. (laughs) Where's my food? I gotta get that. I gotta get out of this closet. That's what I got. I know, I know. You're like in a closet on the ground. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. Is this girl not a hoot? She is so much fun. I just love her energy and she is so intelligent. I mean, I literally might contact her to be a math tutor for my kids. <laughs> she is living the beginning stages of starting a business and branding and implementing strategies. And I love our conversation when we were talking about slow growth, just that conflict between wanting to grow and hit goals, but also appreciating the learning opportunities that can come from slow growth. Brand's not going anywhere. You don't have to run too fast. And again, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with having goals. You need goals. I think we need to give ourselves some grace in some areas. I hope you'll go check out her blog. It's pretty incredible. And you're going to want to eat everything you see. Go check her out. Her recipes are delicious. They are totally comprehensive and not tricky in any way. She has a variety of things from Whole30 to full fat, full salt, full on all of it 
recipes, there's going to be something for everybody on there. I promise you. You can find her on her website, www.heydannybakes.com. That's H-E-Y-D-A-N-I-E-B-A-K-E-S.com or on her Instagram channel at heydannybakes, spelled the same way. And... As I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, she has been recipe testing something insanely delicious. Now, we've got holidays coming up. Mother's Day is coming up in May. Like we need a holiday. I mean, come on. It's always a good time for a cookie. But she took her two favorite ingredients, butter and honey, and whipped up some incredible cookies that that I promise you're going to want to make and have in your regular rotation. They are exclusive to the Social Creative Conversations audience. And if you leave a comment on iTunes, anything about the episode or anything that you're appreciating from the podcast, if you leave a comment, we will send you the recipe so you can have these amazing cookies. And if you're just popping in for this episode, I really encourage you to subscribe so that you will have this waiting every time we put in a new conversation. We have so many amazing guests coming up, some incredible women who are sharing their stories, and I promise you, you can glean so much gold just by listening to their journey. And if you get a chance, go listen to our previous episodes. We've had just incredible women leaders sharing their journey, their story, questions directly asked by you because you know I need you as a part of the conversation. Thank you, Danny, for your time and just being you, being authentic to you. And thank you to you who are listening. Thank you for investing your time in us. I really appreciate it. I'll catch you in another conversation. For more information on future experiences and fun, check out wearesocialcreative.com. And join us next week, March 11, for Closet Cocktails. Find out more information on our Instagram handle, at Social Creative Workshops. And if you miss the live recording, it will be on our IGTV.